Jeremiah chapter 11, verse 6. Then the Lord said unto me, Proclaim all these words in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem, saying, Hear ye the words of this covenant and do them. Now there's been just a little alteration from what he said in verse 2 in chapter 11. He said back in verse 2, speak unto the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Now he's saying speak unto all. I mean, all these words in the cities of Judah, including everybody, that will come. And in the streets of Jerusalem, which... You know we're gonna we'll we'll get into how many cities were in the in in the in Judah, and then you can just imagine how many streets, which exacerbates the 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 whole thing. This this idolatry and this spiritual adultery was embodied. It was it was embedded and ingrained in them by now, down into the streets. And he's telling them to hear you the words of this covenant and do them. Verse 4, he says, obey my voice and do them. Same thing. So, uh, all the cities in Judah are mentioned here because 30 years ago, at the beginning of his ministry in chapter 2, verse 27 and 28, it, the revelation of the apostate condition of the nation was revealed by God to Jeremiah then and told to speak these words 30 years ago. And what he told them to speak to him was starting in 27, which is taking, jumping into his message already saying to a stock thou art my father and to a stone thou hast brought me forth kind of reminds us of exodus 31 don't it where they moses is up in the mountain and the people holler to aaron make us a god make us a god a stone and a stock for they have turned for they have turned yeah. their back unto me and not their face but in the time of their trouble, they will say, arise and save us. Where did you go, brother? Where, Jeremiah 2, 27, 28. Oh, okay. I did. Did you say that? Okay. Yeah, sorry, it was 30 that. years ago. Back in Jeremiah 2, at the beginning of his ministry, it was 30 years previous to chapter 11. But what, what God's telling Jeremiah to speak in chapter 11, he already told him 30 years ago to speak when he first called him to the ministry. So this isn't news to the people of Judah. And it's going to have a profound uh, impact on the direction that the study goes in chapter 11 because there's so many uh, amazing things that have happened in the 30 years, not only to Judah, and in the city of Jerusalem, but in the surrounding areas as well, the, the events of the world and stuff, uh, a lot of things have happened in those 30 years. But one thing is for sure that 
the problem with Judah in chapter 11 that Jeremiah is told by God to preach to the people is the same as what it was 30 years earlier in chapter 2. So in verse so in verse 28, after he had, mm. makes the point of their idolatry and their spiritual adultery, in 27, then he says, but where are thy gods that thou hast made thee? You know, again, we can go back to Exodus 31 with Moses and Aaron and the, and the golden calf. And how much good did that golden calf do Israel? They asked for it. They wanted a god for themselves, the, the one that took them out of, brought them out of Egypt and stuff. While Moses was absent, but as soon as Moses come down, that god didn't stand a chance, right? Well. So now he's saying, but yeah. where are thy gods that thou hast made? Let them arise, if they can, and to save thee in the time of thy trouble. For according to the number of thy cities are thy gods, O Judah. So that same indictment that we're getting in chapter 11 here in verse 6. Uh, well, actually, we're, it's, the indictment's not in verse 6. It's in verse 13, but that we'll get that tied in if we can. I guess we ought to just go ahead and tie it in now. In chapter 11, yeah. verse 13, the reason Judah, the reason Jeremiah is told in verse 6 to preach into the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem, the, the get more insight to that by going to verse 13. And he says, for according to the number of thy cities were thy gods, O Judah. Now, you see, that's where he's repeating what he told him in verse in, in chapter two. And according, but now here's here's the here's the addition. And according to the number of the streets of Jerusalem, have you set up altars that to that shameful thing, even altars to burn incense unto Baal? Yeah. Hey, brother. There is 10,866 streets with the most common uh, name, first and second street, in America alone. So if they had, say, that many streets, that would be 10,866 idols that net land in each one of those cities, in each one of those Think streets, about that. brother. Yeah, and that's, that's what God had me thinking about all week as yeah. I was doing this you know this study was wow and then trying to bring it up to date for us to see well okay th th this is what's going on in judah uh in 600 bc w what about america in 2021 and uh so yeah it, but if we go back and to the distribution of the tribal inheritances in joshua which we find it in Josh, uh, starting in Joshua 15 and going forward, if if we <clears throat> there's a <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> there's 112 cities given to Judah, <clears throat> and if we include Benjamin and I think we should, there's 26 more cities. Now that's how there's a total of 138 cities in the inheritance back in 850 years earlier in Joshua. 
and that's how many cities were in Judah and Benjamin, then, uh, again, you decide whether or not you think Judah or Benjamin grew or diminished or stayed the same over these 815 years. We know Benjamin had some problems and stuff, but uh, I'm satisfied just to stick with the original number at the inheritance, just to make because, to make the point that God chose one city, Jerusalem, and he chose one tribe, Judah, yeah. to dwell in and one temple to be worshipped at. Now that's that that's God's faithfulness. But the people chose whatever city, according to this, as are thy cities, so are thy gods. As the streets of Jerusalem are, so are the altars that you've built to burn incense to, to Baal. But the people chose whatever city they lived in to harbor their own god or gods. And so you see the contrast between the ways of the people and the ways of God. He chose one city, one temple, one tribe to dwell and all was to come to him yeah. there. And the people just said, you know what? It's way more convenient for us, which they got all this from Jeroboam. But it's more convenient for us to not make that trip. We'll just we'll just set up our own gods and our own temples and our own altars. Where whatever city we live in, whatever street we live on. So <clears throat> before you before your jaw drops too low, thinking, well, how in the world can this be? How can these people just absolutely turn their back and uh, ignore the living God that brought them out of Egypt and gave them the land that they live in? But before you, you before you get to thinking all that, consider that Rand McNally lists eighty six cities in Rhode Island, and I picked Rhode Island because it's the smallest state we have in the union, okay? And it's the closest one to the size of Judah, yeah, in the divided kingdom era. So there's the hundred there's one hundred thirty eight cities from the inheritance. Uh, numbers in Judah and there's 86 cities in Rhode Island Rhode Island covers 1,045 square miles Judah in the time of the divided kingdom was about 1,600 square miles so uh, size wise and everything it's if, if you'd make Rhode Island bring Rhode Island up to the size of Judah those 86 cities might advance to 138 making the comparison with that but so reckon god could make that same accusation against america according to the number of thy cities are thy gods O america and the thing about it is that's just rhode island there's four there's 49 other states to consider yeah. Or 47 other on the continental part of the United States. Yeah. And, and they're. Yeah. There, Florida, in Florida, brother, there is, if this is accurate, 
893 cities throughout Florida. And that's only, and that's from Ram McNally or something, right? So that, that's not even including villages and little towns and, and independent, uh, unincorporated towns and stuff. So, yeah. And so there you go. In Florida, you got almost a thousand cities. And then there's other states that got even more cities than that and more people than that. But just to bring Rhode Island into it for the smallest part and to see that that compares with what Judah was back in the time. How much sore punishment suppose you shall America be thought worthy? If if God's looking down and commit and I and I believe he can make that accusation against America. According to the number according to the number of thy cities are thy gods. Yes, I agree. So and and that's not even getting into the streets. (laughs) You know, that's just the cities. If we got into the streets, think how the number would just blow up. Yeah, especially like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Just first and second street, right. there's ten thousand of them, almost eleven thousand streets. There, there is in this little town of Haleyville. Look with I live on Twelfth yeah. Avenue, and and I live on Twelfth Avenue and Sixteenth Street. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. You can even break the streets down to, you know, there's a difference between streets and avenues in a lot of towns. One goes east and west or north and south and vice versa just to keep them separate. But they're called avenues and they're called streets, but they're all streets. But, yeah, that's just think about that. and Think about the shape of America as God sees it when he's seen Judah, as scripture tells us here. He looked at him that way, and there's no reason in the world to think that he can't look at America the same way. And look at looking at it from that angle, I I think it's really taken the name of the Lord in vain to say God bless America. I mean that's that's so, you know too. assuming that God's just joined in with us in in our iniquities. he's going to bless us in our filthiness. Good point. But unless we preface God bless Mm -hmm. America, unless before we say that, nothing wrong with asking God to bless our country. I believe we should. But uh, but I believe before we ask him to bless our country, I believe we should preface it with America, bless the Lord your God and turn to him. Ask the Lord mm. to bless this. Uh, I mean, ask this country to bless our God and turn back to him and then yeah. ask him to bless America. Mm. So so that leads us up to the last part yeah. of verse six or the latter part, I should say, which speaks as an extension to the first part. In speaking to the cities of Judah, of which Jerusalem was one, when he told, when he tells Jeremiah to proclaim all these words in the cities of Judah, think think of an itinerant preacher or an evangelist. I guess we'd call him today, right? 
a preacher a, a preacher that travels doesn't have a, a home base yeah. that travels all yeah. around and who announces yeah. ahead of time now this is just concerning yeah. to proclaim all these words in the cities of judah in order to do that he's got to go out in the, in the country and and reach the cities right so he's being an evangelist and he's announcing yeah. ahead of time now this is me speaking but i i don't know how else it will work he announces ahead of time is coming or at least when he gets into town he makes the uh advertisement the proclamation that there's going to be a meeting have the people of the city gathered there's going to be a meeting here wherever it is and i'm going to tell you what the lord has to say so that's how the 138 cities were reached with the message him going and proclaiming a meeting a you know a a, a congregation like a congregational style uh preaching and i believe that now concerning the streets of jerusalem the message was the same but the method was changed from congregational preaching reaching the cities of judah now he's got to speak to the people in the streets of jerusalem and i think the though the message was the same the method of preaching changed from congregational style preaching to street preaching can you visualize that mm. how you know going one way he was doing it this way but now yeah. if he's confined to the streets of jerusalem he can actually hit the street corners and preach and have as people were going by you know be convicted or not but 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 Jerusalem was a business and a financial center yeah. as well as a spiritual and a worship city and a center in Judah and on on any given day and now you'll find in Zephaniah chapter 1 11 and 12 it's called Machtesh in Zephaniah but that's the business district of Jerusalem and again Je Zephaniah was a contemporary with Jeremiah and Daniel and Ezekiel in the same time frame 630 BC somewhere in there at the beginning of Jeremiah's ministry Zephaniah was speaking these same things and he was speaking of the business district of Judah back there in Zephaniah so J Jerusalem was a business and a financial center as well as a spiritual and a worship center in Judah and on any given day there was most likely numerous non-believers and non-Jews roaming the streets of Jerusalem okay <clears throat> yes huh. and where they might not be compelled to attend a pro, you know a pre-announced or uh meeting like was done in the cities of Judah it's totally another matter to ignore an anointed speaker on the street corner you know there there's going to be people that did walk on the other side of the street and say that well that nutcase over there and stuff but there's going to be a lot that are going to be drawn to him just to hear what he's saying and God's word is very able to convict those people that will that will stop and listen and hear 
So. Yes. Now, just to let you know, I, I started street preaching. Amen. Um, 19 years ago, just to let you know. Um, the Lord had brought a street preacher uh-huh. evangelist, Greg Davis, to the church that I was at. That same day, I asked God to show me how to preach because I read a little, read uh-huh. a little pamphlet that said the benefits of the public ministry. Thank you. The Lord brought that man that night, and we went out to uh, the street corner and preached. And uh, God bless you. And uh, that, do it again, then. that's a calling. That's a and and it's completely different than a uh, a shepherd with a flock. It's confined. Absolutely different things, but they're all, you know, they're they're all yeah. avenues in which God reaches people. And so he was having Jeremiah experience it from both ends. He had the congregational type preaching to the cities to reach the people. And then in the city, he would, uh, in Jerusalem, he would use the street corners and reach, reach the people that way. <clears throat> Yeah, and it's different. It's different yeah, but because the message one is, is the controlled same. and the other one is out of control. Yeah. yeah. The message is the same. You're absolutely right. But you have, you're dealing with the controlled, with the people that are right. pretending to be religious, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and so on, and those that are sincere. Don't get me wrong. And then you're dealing out with the uncontrolled, you're dealing with the drunkard, the fornicator. You're dealing with those that are are more aggressive towards the preaching of the word of God. So I, I only can imagine that this that Absolutely. he came and came and encounter with a very tough crowd, especially with idolatry and preaching the words of this covenant, which the first love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Right there is going to end up taking the can right. off, you know, opening up the can of worms, to uh, per se. Um, so right, and like I say, you know, tie verse thirteen into it now that is he's in the streets of Jerusalem, it's where they've set up altars to the shameful, to their idol God, and uh, and burned incense even to them. And yeah, you know, so they're praying to this. They're praying to this. They're, they've just turned completely away from God, and are even uh, because the incense is a is a uh, type of the prayers of the saints. You know, it 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 foreshadows mm. prayer, and you get a good uh, you get a good feel for that in the Gospels. There, we're yeah. speaking of Zechariah. John's father, John the Baptist, and uh, he his his lot was with Abiah, and their lot was to burn incense in the in the temple. And when, when it brings that point up, when his lot was uh, with Abiah to burn incense mm-hmm. in the temple, at that same time, the scripture says that all the people outside the temple, outside on the grounds and in the courtyards and stuff, they was all praying at the particular times that they you know prayed. At the same time that Jer- Zechariah would burn incense in the temple, all the people outside were praying. So the incense foreshadowed and was a type of God's people and God's saints praying to him. 
and now it's been perverted and twisted to now they're burning incense to Baal. So their prayers, go ahead. Yes. Look at, okay. What you're referring to, that incense of being way, uh, offered up to the Lord with the prayers of the saints, the Lord heard their cry and he came and he rose up Moses to deliver them. Psalms 145:19. he will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He also will hear their cry and will save them. So the offering up of the sacrifice of offering up our praise unto the Lord is to give thanksgiving, is to pray, is to reach out to the Lord. And that's what he's trying to do is, hey, repent because what you're doing is against the Lord and he's not hearing you. He's not listening to you. He'll listen to you when you cry with a repentant heart, broken, contrite right. spirit. But right now... Yeah, and it, and it goes right even now. all the way to the book of mm -hmm. Revelation. It, in chapter 5, even after John's been called up. Yeah, and, uh, mm, amen. They're sitting uh, in, uh, in heaven. And verse 8 in chapter 5. Chapter 5, verse 8. Revelation chapter 8, verse 5. Uh-huh. And it was... Okay. Oh, 5, verse 8. Okay. And no man's able to open it. And John just broke down. Somebody's got to be able to read this book. <laughs> and, but there was none found. And then one of the elders said unto him, Weep not, verse 5. Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the David, has prevailed. He can, he can thereof. And behold, in the midst of the throne, in the midst of the throne. So now you're in the holy holies, you know. And the, the incense altar sat right at the door of the holy holies. Right at the curtain there, in the tabernacle. And verse 8. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And what he's going to do with them up there is look what it says in uh Well, actually, where, where he where he throws him back down is in a, is in a different place. Let's see if we can find that right. Yeah, I don't see it, but there's another place where the where the The coals of the of the the censers that had the chapter—that'd be it. Verses three and four. Yeah, and, and I five. saw seven angels stood before God. That's verse two in chapter eight. Okay, and he's giving them seven trumpets. And another angel came, sat at the altar, having the golden censer. That's what they took in to burn the incense on to the go to the golden altar. 
And there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of the saints upon the altar, the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the, now this is, they're already in heaven, but the smoke, but the smoke of the incense, the, the prayers come. Yeah. They ascended. They went up before God. They ascended up. But the coals and the fire that was in the censer, that got cast down to the earth. And there was voices and thunderings and lightnings. That's God answering the prayers that are being lifted up to him. Yeah. Look how it's worded there, which came with yeah, they're going the up. prayers of the saints. They're ascending. Mm. It's almost like this Holy Spirit. We know he knows we know not what to pray as That's we how we pray for. That's how we know our prayers are reaching them. Intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They're with so anyway the that just with uh, the smoke mm, yes. gives us a, a understanding as to what the 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 incense that's spoken of in verse thirteen in Jeremiah eleven uh, what, you know the the incense that they're burning and the prayers that they're sending up is is actually staying in the room or on the ground or going to Baal. They're not going anywhere. So that's the more compelling reason that uh, Jeremiah is told to preach on the street corners uh, because of what, you know, what verse 13 says. Hmm. So here we find that the condition, the perpetual backsliding of the people has digressed from as many as are thy cities, so are thy gods, to according to the number of the streets in Jerusalem have you set up altars to that shameful thing, even altars to burn incense unto Baal, which just is a picture of how man is not getting better, he's getting worse. And even when we go through some of these wonderful things that have happened in this 30-year frame from the beginning yeah. of Jeremiah's ministry till now, uh, there's still a under there, there's still something under the surface that's that's boiling up, yeah. and it's not good. So, yeah, yes, and you you could see that depravity in Romans one. As it goes from not thankful to all sorts of immorality and lewdness, and Lord really, really, yep. really, and that's tries to show us and take uh, that home to us. It's an indictment on us yeah. for sure. And it could be said uh, in this day as well. So now, now it's time for our jaws to sure enough yeah. drop. If so be that God could make this accusation against America as well about 
about the number of streets that we have in our cities are places where we burn incense on on our altars to our gods. And I'm not convinced that he can't make that accusation. I, I believe he can. Oh no, you're absolutely yes. right. And that's that, that's part of the, right. the, the point. I is, think he can as well. You know, just as will. Jeremiah was preaching to Judah and to the city of Jerusalem, the judgment's coming. There's still opportunity that we can, you know, delay this judgment, but only if you only if you obey his voice and do them. And uh, they chose not to. And uh, America is going the same direction. They've yeah. They're getting they're getting the same message. That same message is here for America to obey His voice and do them, and perhaps uh, th- at least the judgment could be delayed. But He's going to judge America for their doings, just like He's going to judge us for. Uh, we're not going to go unpunished individually or nationally because we've all sinned and fallen short. And before we can have fellowship with God in his presence yeah. and stuff like that, th- those things are going to have to be cleaned up. And if we if we can't clean them up in this day, then he'll clean them up for us. Yeah. But it's it's going to be judgment and punishment, child training. So consider how much greater the falling away in America has been since the founding fathers until now. And that's only just a couple hundred years. And think of the, yeah. the founding fathers would just roll in their graves. If, yeah, exactly. If, if they could see what America is turning into. This is nothing like what they had established and what the, the way that this country was supposed to function. And just compare that with Judah and Jerusalem. Uh, to the way that uh, you know where they're at so I'm speaking numerically contrasting the 138 cities of Judah and one city in particular being broken down to the number of streets to the number of cities in America and the governing cities therein being broken down to the number of streets. And, you know, it's a massive difference. And that, that that's just in this one country on one continent. Hmm. Think of the whole world. Then, then take this into the, the bigger picture of the whole world, the whole creation of God. And, and what the situation in the uh, God has to just be so heartbroken that what he created to be very good has turned into this. Mm. Yeah. Amen. Well, you know, brother. If you think about it, he's long suffering towards us, where 
not willing that any man should perish. And, I mean, is he really heartbroken? His mercy endureth forever. He's calling. Is there a point in time right. that only he knows when Christ Jesus is going to, he's going to send his son back to get his bride? You know? I mean, our duty as born-again Christians are is to proclaim the gospel, live the gospel, and love people to try to right. get them into the fold like Christ did, give ourselves as he did, as remember Amen. the words of our Lord Jesus Christ that is blessed, Amen. To get, uh, blessed more to give than receive. And that, that's not monetary. That's not money, you know. Um, that It's not oh, Lord, yeah. money, but it, it can be. Yeah. It's a huge it takes, tool, especially here in America. It takes money to do anything anymore, you know, and the Bible makes mention of that, but, too. Uh, what we have. Mm -hmm. So money's not a bad thing, but the love of it is. Yeah. Yeah. And God wants you to. Yeah, Amen. You're right. But I'm just saying. Yeah, these, these things aren't tool. Uh, the Lord. Uh, unknown I to mean, God, like I say, it's mentioned in the Bible that the money yeah. is a, a a wonderful tool and can be used for the glory of God. But it, but in most cases, it's not. In most cases, it's not. I don't know if you've ever heard the story of J.C. Penney or Lord and Taylors or some of them yes, people, you're right? You know, stores and stuff. Well, they in fact, uh, uh, no. Sears, Sears and Roebuck had the the. You do you remember when it was called that Sears and Roebuck? Well, I, the Roebuck was was a believer in God, and they had a falling out um, because of I, I how they was it, going yes, to sir. honor God with the business and stuff. J. C. Penney, he he gave tremendously to God through his business. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, he, he, uh, I think he, he gotten up, I'm not sure what his percentage oh, wow. was listed as, uh, you know, that he tied, but it was way, way up over 10%. He, he loved the Lord and, and he honored God with the success of his business by giving it to the work of God. And Lord and Taylor, it actually started out as Taylor and Lord. And then, as it become more successful and more successful, and Taylor started giving more to the Lord, and more to the Lord. he actually huh. went over fifty percent, and so he put the Lord and Taylor. He swapped them around, gave the Lord preeminence, and he ended up before it was over in his lifetime that he was given ninety percent to the Lord, or maybe it was even a hundred percent. Of everything that the company, yeah. Not that he had, but wow. everything that the company made Love from that point on. Everything that he had, because he he was God had taken care of him to where he didn't have to, he, he could survive on you know what he had. But as the Lord blessed him, he returned it with uh, an increase to the Lord. Huh. Even as Proverbs three, six or seven or whatever says, then mm. treat him with the increase of your fruits as well. So, you know, money can money can be used. Okay, money, money can be used okay. to for the glory of God. It's just the same. 
Go ahead. That, you know, there's examples like that, and I'm sure there's many, many, many more. But what we see for the most part, and what's yeah. uh, very apparent to us, is that most people do not uh, spend their money that way. And so that's making the, the comparison of America today with Judah and Jerusalem back then as to the nature of man and the digression of, of his total spirit and soul. Making that comparison, consider the judgment that Jeremiah is proclaiming by the word of God here in chapter 11 and all, all through these first 11 chapters that that judgment's coming to Judah and Jerusalem unless they repent as a nation and turn back to God. Mm-hmm. That's that's the basis on which I make those statements earlier with all the cities yeah. and all that stuff. And that yeah. it's taken the name of the Lord in vain when you ask God to bless your country when your country is not <laughs> blessing God, is not blessing God. So that needs to come first, that that yeah. cry out to the country to bless exactly. our Lord and repent and turn to him, then ask the Lord to bless us. And a wonderful example of that is given in Scripture with the preaching of Jonah yeah. unto Assyria, and specifically to Nineveh. And this is something that, you know, the people in Jeremiah's time could look back to as history. They could learn from this if they would. And But by Nineveh hearkening to the preaching of Jonah, which Jonah speaking the word of God, right? And, and what, is the, what is the request of God? Obey my yes. voice and do that? By hearkening to the preaching of Jonah, Nineveh was given a 250-year reprieve Mm. from the judgment that Jonah said was coming to him in 40 days. They They got right. They did what the preaching, the word of God told them to do, and God withheld his judgment. Yeah. For two, and he would have held, he would have withheld it forever if they had continued on that way, but they didn't. And that's where the backsliding, you know, comes in. So we can only, you know, man can only take this for so long until he returns back to his own nature. It, it seems like as a whole. But they, so they got the 250 year reprieve, mm. which brings us right down now yeah. to the, the time of Jeremiah in chapter three unto chapter seven, I think, and then that's around 612 BC. And then now in chapter 11, we're at 600 BC, 12 years later. But in 612, Nineveh had, by, by that time, Nineveh had transgressed and went back to the world and, be, you know, and they became the enemy of God. Because scripture tells us that if you're a friend of the world, you're an enemy of God. James 4.4. 4. So when that when they had yeah. digressed to the point that God had had enough, the 250-year reprieve ended, and he sent someone to uh, destroy them. And that 
That destroyer, by the way, was Babylon. And I, so they're destroyed by the same army that Jeremiah was proclaiming was coming to execute judgment on Judah and Jerusalem. And he made, he's made that he's made that uh, proclamation since his ministry began. You know, he was talking about the, the someone the, the army from the north coming. Yeah, he was speaking of Babylon back in chapter one of Jeremiah. Uh, speaking of that enemy from the north coming to execute judgment. So the same. The story of Nineveh was they got 250 years reprieve on judgment from God. They fell back. Why cannot Judah and Jerusalem connect the dots and see that he's asking us to turn back to him? And this judgment to Jeremiah that everybody is saying the lie, you know, uh, that judgment could be lifted if we do these things. It worked for Nineveh, and that's a Gentile country. It'll work for us if we would do it, but they, but they didn't have it in them to do it as, as a nation. Yeah. And so the same nation that destroys Nineveh just it, just 12 years earlier from chapter 11 in Jeremiah, where we're at just 12 years earlier, Nineveh is destroyed by Babylon and overrun, overtaken. And that happens at the end of Josiah's reign. And remember, Jeremiah's ministry begins in the 13th year of Josiah. So Josiah reigned 31 years total. When Nineveh is captured, that's just a few years before Josiah dies. And Josiah had the revival going on uh, 10, 11 years earlier. So just 12 years prior to where we are in Jeremiah 11 right now, Nineveh was captured and destroyed by the same nation that Jeremiah is saying that's what's going to that's going to be God's chastening rod for us mm. when judgment comes. And that's why I was saying before that the things that are happening in between these 30 years of the beginning of his ministry till now, there's so many things that have happened that have great effect on what's going on. So, again, ironically, just a few years later, after Nineveh is destroyed, Josiah is killed at Megiddo, trying to impede the Egyptians from fighting against Assyria in Karshemesh. That's in Second Chronicles 35, verse 20 through 25. We don't have to go there, but that's that's where you get the story of why he was going to... The, Egypt had to come through Judah and Israel, which Judah is all of Israel now, uh, then, uh, to get to... Karkamesh, where Assyria is trying to hold on 
they've already lost their capital in, in Nineveh two years earlier. They moved it to Haran. Haran got overrun by Babylon. Babylon's making its route to increase its kingdom. So now Egypt goes up and they're going to fight against Assyria. And Josiah <clears throat> goes up to stop him from, from doing that. And he gets killed. And you would think that God's people would be admonished and learn from these events. Especially how that Nineveh was spared 250 years from judgment because they obeyed his voice. <clears throat> and now just in the present times, the city was destroyed because of disobedience and turning again to the world. And now we, in, in, in our day and age, we have the whole counsel of God preserved for us in this day. And we're told that all things that were written aforetime was for our, were for our learning. And they were examples for our admonition. So you look at yeah. the next two verses in Jeremiah 11, 6, uh, uh, Jeremiah 11, 7 and 8. For I earnestly protested unto your fathers in the day that I brought them up out of the land of Egypt, even until this day, rising and protesting, saying, Obey my voice. Yet they obeyed not, nor inclined their ears, but walked everyone in the imagination of their evil heart. Therefore, I will bring upon them all the words of this covenant, which I commanded them to do, and they did them not. You see, that's <clears throat> from them two verses, you can see that the disobedience and the rebellion to obey his voice and to do them was a long time and ongoing problem. Ever since he brought them out of Egypt. It's, that's always been a problem. Yeah. Yes. And Jesus said Jesus said that too, six hundred years later. Well, didn't he say that he told, have always he told been them then that they were still hard hearted and calloused. Always. And he could say it now about it. And, yeah. that, and that's to his people. That's not even to the lost. That's to his people. Yeah. He, good, good point. He, he's wanting to get Yeah. How often would I gather? He's wanting to gather in them now and in, in Jeremiah. He's, been, he's standing there with his so arms long. outspread, begging, wow. beseeching them. But they're too busy burning wow. incense on their other altars. Just, just think about the patience and the waiting and quietly waiting for men to turn their hearts it's unfathomable for us to, to think of that kind of patience towards the lord so he can suffering. start working in them it's and bringing them to repentance it's unfathomable for us to just know that god has that yeah, it is amen amen i like that believe it enjoy it yeah, and love it that's what he it wants and love it and enjoy it that he that's, that's what he wants for us so that, and I'm just running yeah. over seven and eight and made that, that comparison because we've been over everything that's in those verses 
time and time and time again. But it's still just, it's still prevalent now there. And it's, it, we can take it up to Jesus' time. We can take it up to our time. It, what's said in seven and eight is still prevalent now. So I was just, if you got anything else to say on what's in seven and eight, uh, you know, go ahead. But I just use that as speaking to that just shows that, uh, Sure. Well, I want to go back to verse six, and I'll just say this real quick. It says, uh, then said the Lord unto me, proclaim all these words in the cities of Judah and in the streets and uh, of Judah, uh, Jerusalem, saying, hear ye the words of this covenant and do them. The Lord gives the body of Christ a great duty, a great responsibility to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Now you have the world, then you have then you have the cities of the world, and you have it broke down to the streets of the world. There's a different aspect. There's different layers that the Lord is wanting the church to reach to. Gospel, we're to send them out there. Um, uh, and then you have in the cities where you have different churches and local churches where we we are to uh, lift up the name of Jesus Christ and and in preach the gospel. Then you have in the streets, and what's the the world we sent out those missionaries, and what the churches are in those cities are at. We have the streets, we're supposed to go out into the highways and hedges of the world and proclaim the wonderful gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I think it's very, very needful that the churches get back to doing what we what we originally what the Lord intended to do, going house to house, two by two, you know, going out there and. And in, in, in delivering the gospel of peace, the gospel of reconciliation, the gospel of life and light. Um, it's a wonderful thing. Um, problem is, we got folks that are out in the street wanting to tell everybody what they're doing wrong. And instead of trying to preach the love and the mercy and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, the Holy Spirit is the one that convicts of sin, righteousness, and judgment to come. If you just go out there and preach Jesus died for sinners, man, people come unglued, you know. You start, uh, you start poking yep. them, you start poking the bear, you're going to get bit. Start bringing up sin and folly, especially on a big, a big mass. I used to go out in front of the strip clubs, brother, with another uh, brother, Victor McCleskey and Greg Davis and different things like that. And uh, we used to preach out there, and it was very, very wrong what we did and what we said. I believe it was. I don't know if they believe it, but I believe it was wrong, saying the things that we were saying. Um, that's not what God told us to preach. The lifestyle uh, that uh, that they're living, they're living in sin because they're in darkness, you know. Um, the disciples came to Jesus and said, do you know what manner of woman she is? You wouldn't talk to her. And Jesus is like, uh, yeah, she's a sinner that needs to be saved. She's needing to be free from the bondage of sin. Uh just because a woman is acting and, and doing those lewd things I love to perverted men, you know, it doesn't mean that she is those those things. She's not a whore. She's not those things, you know. She can be, but that's the situation that she's in because of darkness. But why are we preaching that? You know, her heart, it already condemns yeah. her. Every one of our hearts condemns us of sin, you know, because we break the commandments. We, we transgress God's law. But the problem is, is we're not showing them the light. 
and how to be free from that, where they could be broke from the cords of those sins and bands of those, uh, break the bands asunder, you know. And uh, that's what we're supposed to do is preach the gospel of peace. And that's mm -hmm. found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 through 4. It is the death, it is the burial, and it is the resurrection. The death, Jesus Christ became sin who knew no sin. An innocent man, was beca he became guilty for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross, despising the shame and the reproach, and has sat down at the right hand of the Father. He rose again. That's the latter part of the gospel. And he was buried, and he went to hell. Three days and three nights, he rose from the dead. O oh, death, where is thy sting? O oh, grave, where is thy victory? It says that the, de uh, the devil had the power of death, but he doesn't have that anymore. Yep. Revelation says that Jesus Christ has the key Amen. of death and hell. Right? And uh, so you have the death, and then you have the resurrection, that Jesus Christ, although that the world had put a seal over the book, although the world had put a seal over the grave, Although the world had put a seal over the mouths of men that preach and proclaim the truth, um, Jesus Christ rose from the dead. He rose from the dead. Up from the grave Amen. he arose with a mighty triumph over his foes. And that's what he's done. And those things, that's the gospel of peace because we're declaring that Jesus had died for sinners, of whom I am chief. Amen. And in that he was buried. For my sin, he was put to death for my sin. So for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We're all going to die because of Adam had sinned. Transgression, sin passed upon all men, for all have sinned. And that he rose again to give us hope, hope beyond the grave. Hope that, one, hope that you know, he said that he would raise those up uh, that are dead, Amen. that are asleep. He didn't say they were dead. He said that they're asleep. They're waiting for the redemption of their body. And that's what he, they're waiting for, man. And in we that remain, we can be caught up with the Lord as soon as that trump sounds. Um, you need to be born again. Jesus said, marvel not that I say unto thee, but ye must be born Amen. again. That only thing birth is what can get us free. Only thing that can. So, I, huh? Yes. And I wanted to bring that up just because... You know, uh, years I've, I've preached and done it the wrong way on the streets, but the Lord had taught me. Lead me in thy truth, O Lord, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the days of my life. Proverbs 25, 5. Well, you know, teach me. We need to be asking the Lord to teach us and having a tender heart to be able to learn those things, especially and proclaiming the truth. To folks give us the lost. words to speak. You know, I mean. Go, go before me, Lord, if I'm going out to street preach or if I'm going yeah. out to. To the missions or something like that. Give me the word, Lord, and go before me that the hearts will be able to receive what I'm going to say. But but don't let me go in my own strength. Don't let me go yeah. in my own power. Because that word will fall to the ground. Yeah. Yes. The arm of flesh will fail you. Um, I remember I only knew two verses uh, 20 years ago. John 3.16 and that... I don't know where it is, but it's talking about that no man could pluck thee out of my hand. And uh, this young man in California was telling me you could lose your salvation. And I'm like, there's no way you can. Look what it says in John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son, 
that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Have you believed what Jesus had done? But you can lose it. You could sin against him. Wait, no, 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 no. Can you lose? Can, did you believe you can have eternal life? You have eternal life. Just stick it on one verse and believe yes. what God promised us. Says a lot. And no man could pluck thee out of thy father's hand. Um, right. Excuse me. We are his hands. That's why we can't get plucked yes. out. So I didn't know that part, but I just knew that we couldn't be taken out we, of his hands. We are his body. So if we're going to lose it, the, the body, of, then the body of Christ is going yeah. to lose it. And, and that can't be. That can't be. The head and the body is going to be reunited one of these days. Yeah. And, and Yes. Go ahead. It sure will be. Yeah, and that's, I think, why, you know, Jesus no, came sure will be. the first time in the flesh. And so he was restricted as to where his ministry could go because of the being embodied in the, in the flesh. And that's... And that's why he's. That's why he stayed in that vicinity. Yeah. Never left, except for uh, when, he, as a, lot of, a little child, went down to Egypt. And uh, that's why he says that greater works than these that I do, will you guys do? Because we have the world as our oyster. Yeah. Wow. We we have, and, and because we can reach yeah. the world where he could only reach. You know, it, it actually, yeah, he came to the lost sheep originally. To the you know. lost sheep of the house but, of Israel. But in that journey of reaching the lost sheep of Israel, he found yeah. time to go to Samaria and to the well and things like that. You know, and so that's that's where we are at now. We have we have the whole world in, in which to minister to, just like he ministered to those. In the in the promised land, and uh, we have the same power. Yeah, we have the same power. Mm. See, and that is so misunderstood by those that pervert the word of God. And when they say greater, when Jesus said, "Greater works okay. ye shall Flesh. do," they're thinking physical. They're thinking tongues. They're thinking healing. They're thinking all of this stuff. And the power and the blessing comes from obeying God's word. Like what it says, obey my voice. Obey it. Hearken unto me. Listen. Study it. Hide it in your heart that I won't. That you won't sin against me. But we're wanting. They're, I mean, we're wanting like this. This signs and wonders and miracles we're wanting that because we don't believe it these folks don't believe what god is saying and it's clear well i believe that this is what he says yeah but what wh who is he saying it to how is it applied and when it's Have all rightly divided all he the gets truth the glory of the word of god come on Yeah, and, and oh, scripture is yeah. real clear. Yeah. He will not share his glory yeah. with anyone. Why should he? <laughs> Why should he? Yeah. Look, he gives us the fruit of his spirit that has everything that every man on the face of the earth always 
has wanted, right? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, everything that's contrary to this flesh, he gives it to us in the Spirit. He wants us, that's what he wants us to do, walk in the Spirit, that you fulfill not the lust of the flesh, which the lust of the flesh is contrary to all the things of God, because the Spirit is God. Those attributes, like we were talking about a little while ago, about the long-suffering of God and the patience of God and wait, his waiting. Oh, man, we can't comprehend that. But he's one of that same attribute to be flowing yeah. through us as well. And I fail a hundred times fold, man. I fail uh, 70 times seven, but the Lord still got grace. He still has mercy for me. He's the God of all. Your works can please or displease him, but your heart if it's in the right place, we'll always please him. Even though we fall, even though we fall, even though we fall, he knows our heart. Yeah. Our works can please him or displease him, but our heart, if it's in the right place, yeah. and he knows that's, that's where we, we won't fail to please him if the intents of our heart are, are in the right place. Yeah. And, you know, brother, are we willing to, right. add, If you know, the Lord says, if we will judge ourselves, you should not be judged. Are we willing to lay our hearts and say, Lord, judge me according to thy word, you know, and then quicken me according to thy word. Take my reins and pull me and move me where I need to go and where I need to be. You know, we don't really do that much because it hurts when he chastens us. He hurts when he is trying to show us and teach us when we ask those things. Yeah. The Lord is going to, he's going to do it. He's going to help us. He wants us to be more like his son. Being confident of this very thing that he which begun a good work in you shall, shall, right? Thou shalt not take the Lord thy God in vain. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God. Shall um, conform you into the image of his dear son. Amen. The Lord's wanting that out of us. He's doing that in our lives today. Well, he'll do it in any life that will, you know. He's doing it in my we'll life. Receive it. <laughs> yeah. There you go. He's been faithful. I there just haven't been. But he loves me. You know, and I haven't loved him. He's trying my reins. He's trying our hearts. You know, he brought up to Satan, hast thou considered my servant Job? Come on, have you? Look at him, you walking up and down, to and fro, going up north, south, east, west. Have you thought of this man? Have you? Oh, well, he'll curse you, Lord. Okay. Let's put them to the test. Here you go. Here's your permission. Here's my permission. But don't take his life. Yeah. Sir. What? Okay. Search my heart and see if there's any evil thing That's in interesting. it. Interesting. The Lord is good. That I may have life yeah. everlasting. Uh, you know, I was just looking at that. I, I thought it was in uh, mm, Psalms 19, probably in Psalms 119. And I didn't figure that's a pretty long song to 
try to pick it out. But uh, I, it, I believe that's where it's at. It wasn't in Psalms that's 51. Right. It wasn't in Psalms 19. And I didn't notice it there. So. But it's a plea from David. And of course, God will show us the evil thing in our heart. But who is it that has to get rid of it? Um, Ezekiel 34.11, maybe you're thinking of this one. For thus saith the Lord God, behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep. No, I, no, I was thinking, this one, this one says, uh, Lord, that? search my heart and see that search my heart and see that there, if there be any evil in it. The, you, you, oh, it is. You oh, Use the wow. word everlasting. You well, seem to be being able to access it. Use the word everlasting and look in Psalms and see if it's not in 119. Or everlasting don't work. Okay, Take my life and let it be. Yeah, pinpoint it down to some. Wow, there's a lot. Only one is so. Here's another one. Yes. Yes. Uh, see. see if there be any wicked way in me. 139. Okay. Way. Psalms 139. Okay. 24. Psalms 139, 24. Uh, I'll go to 23 because that's where it starts. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see the wicked way in me. Amen. And lead see, me. See, and that's David the asking the Lord to do these Praise things. God, man. But it's only for the revelation. He still has to act upon that. Which is why in Paul's epistles and stuff, he says, search your own hearts. Mm. Mm -mm. See if you're in the faith. Examine yourself. And we should we should examine ourselves. But you know what? When yeah. we're examining ourselves, we need to bring God into yeah. it. So that he can show us. So that he can show us because we're all too often want to be in denial yeah. for the things that we know is there that needs to come out. And if we don't ask God mm, to man, reveal oh it to us, Isn't that true? Uh, and, huh. and we know it's God Fine. revealing it to us, then we don't feel obligated to do anything with it. But like I said, God will give us the revelation and he will show those yeah. things to us, which is what David was asking for. But David was also in the condition and position in his heart to, once he had the revelation, he would do something about it. He would obey his voice. Here they are. Here's the thing. You've asked me to show you the wicked ways and the evil things. Here they are. Now do something with them. Because you've got to prove yourself. See, he asked the Lord yeah. to prove me. God tells us to prove him, right? David was asking him to show me and prove me and examine me. Yeah. When, when we get into what Paul says about examining ourselves and see if we're in the faith and all that stuff, let's get God in on it, too. Let's ask God to. 
examine me as well so you can show me things that I'm refusing to acknowledge. You know, brother, that that seems to be very true. It, it, you know, like in my own life, I would ex, you know examine myself, but then I'll start condemning myself because of what I've done. But that's a, that's a problem. You know, we're all sinners. We need to let God bring that, come into that same picture frame and looking at it as well, and then allowing the Lord to minister right. and show us what we really are. And, hey, let's not hide the fact that's what we are. Let's tr- trust me, Amen. believe me. You let's know, let God, uh, if my let heart God's consolation me, God and his long-suffering and his compassion uh, mm. com- compel us as well. It, and it, yes. it's all a choice of... Uh, which yes. you know we we can choose like you were saying to convict ahead, ourselves brother. and condemn ourselves and stuff, or we can choose to take God's side of it and be compassion and, and, and receive His compassion and His long suffering, His consolation, and yeah, go forward. But yeah, I call it Eeyore syndrome. My, oh, me, me, oh, my. Yes. But, you know, like the Lord said to Job, gird up thyself like a man. Come on. Let's do this. You're already through, you're already through the worst of it. When gird I was yourself, a child, man. I walked as a child. I'm with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never When I'm a man. Me. Yeah. Mm. Well, we did, you know, he's ah, wanting us to grow. Very good, brother. He's wanting us, he's wanting us to grow, and he very will good. help us. He will guide and lead us yeah. and help us. Help us. And that, those are some of the ways that he helps us is to keep us from condemning ourselves and keep us from. That's not the spirit he gave us. That's, that's the spirit that we're allowing to come into us because our flesh loves it. No. Yeah, right, brother. Without a doubt, there's no good thing in it. Because it's in our flesh is still in darkness. Yeah. Mm. That's where that yeah. first John really comes to life about light and darkness, flesh and spirit, you know, and it explains that he that committed sin is of the devil. You know, that's the flesh, the spirit, the righteous seed of Christ doesn't sin. No, it doesn't sin. He's Christ. He became sin who knew no sin. And that's where we need to walk in his spirit and walk in his light and not walk after the things of the flesh, but we do. And that's why our body that's hasn't been delivered yet. And God's mercy. We've been delivered from the power of sin. Mm. We've been delivered from the uh, penalty of sin, but we have not been delivered from the presence of sin. And that's where our body tends to wander. Uh, but we have the promise of God mm. that our bodies will be changed. Yeah. And and then our total redemption will be come to pass. Amen. It's absolutely is because, you know, being delivered from the penalty That's of sin. That's a great hope right And there, being delivered brother. from the power of sin <laughs> gets us through this life, this walk that we have in this world today. And at some point, 
our reward is going to be that this body uh. is going to be uh, changed and the presence of sin will no longer be uh, with us either. Then the tears from our eyes can be wiped away. But now we still have that body. We still have that battle that we have to deal with yeah. that rages within and without uh, the spirit and the flesh. <clears throat> and the devil draws us one way and the Lord draws us exactly mm. the other way. Choose you which way you will go. Yeah. Right. That's where the Lord says, draw nigh unto me, and I will draw nigh unto thee. He will never leave or forsake us, but Resist we still have to draw to him. Devil, and he will because we him. tend to wander. He don't. We do. And he's not He's not going to follow us into sin. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he he's not forsaking us. He's not leaving us. He's just allowing us to no. uh, sow our own oats and reap the whirlwind. Huh. Amen. Man, if we could only get that with our children, our wives, ourselves, you know, I think uh, that would be a great release. Amen. Of not being in so and the hope is so that, and the belief is like that, that we will. It, 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 that will come to pass. Mm. It hasn't yet, but it will. And I don't think anybody that's been born again can yeah. refute. The fact that we have been yeah. delivered from the penalty. If you believe what God says, that whosoever believes in Him shall have everlasting life. We, we, He took our penalty. He suffered for our penalty. He died the death we should have died. So I, you know, we believe that, and we believe that we've been delivered from the power. Sin has no more power on us because we are dead to the flesh. If we'll walk in the Spirit. So those things, I don't think we can deny that those of us that's been born again, that those things have happened to us already. We have that. Now, what we do with it uh, is a different thing. But it's not that God hasn't delivered us from those because he has. And if you believe those things, and if you believe that uh, the promises of God are yea and yea and in him, amen, then we know that the promise of our body is being changed. Going from corruptible to incorruptible, going from mortal to immortality. Believe that that is also yeah. something that is in the future that's going to happen. Who can be against us? If God's for us. Yeah. Mm. Are, do you think we ought to? Are we about to run Amen. out of time? Mm. Well, we're at 85 minutes right now. We have 120 that we could go at least on the podcast. I yeah. do not know well, what the limit is on the recording for the YouTube channel. So, yeah, and I yeah. I think that's probably long enough. We're at, we're at an hour and um, 20 minutes right now. I mean, if we can go two hours at a time, and I can't hardly get that. I can't can't hardly get that much uh, prepared. 
it takes all week to to get hour and a half prepared. But I've got a, a, a little bit more. Yeah. But uh, since I was going to go into verse nine, uh, we could start next week on that. But we'll start because that's a whole different kettle of fish that we're getting into now. Yeah, and like we'll start next week. We're on still that. trying to combine verses six through thirteen as like one unit. Yeah, tie all together. So <clears throat> nine's right in the middle of it. But now God took me in a completely different yeah trail for these. So uh, it's pretty. Uh, we we could just start there. Because we was fixing, we was fixing to change the direction that we was going on this thing. So, and still yeah. keeping it all tied together. So, verse nine would be a good place to start. If that would be good with you. Okay. Yes, sir. It sure would be. It, that'd be fine. All right. And God, I'm going to end the YouTube, and then we'll end praying. Okay. Uh, all right, brother. Oh. Lord, just want to thank you for Brother Terry, and thank you, Lord, that we're able to have this technology, Lord, um, to be able to uh, talk and to teach your word. Um, thank you, Lord Father, for Brother Terry and all of his hard work that he is putting into this study in the book of Jeremiah, God. I thank you, Lord God, that you've allowed us to be able to start this and uh, have been able to keep it going, Lord. It sure has been a good blessing, Lord, and ministry, Lord, uh, to my heart. And uh, thank you, Lord, for um, all the things that you're working and moving in my life and in Brother Terry's life, Lord. We just thank you for that. Thank you, Lord God, for your faithfulness to us and your long-suffering, Lord. Thank you for your tender mercies. And thank you, Lord God, that you have continually, continually are calling and beckoning, Lord, to us. I just thank you for that. Yes. Lord, I just ask to pray Amen. that you would just work in Genevieve's heart, Lord, that her will be changed, God. That you change your heart, Lord, today. You would just please just convict her and show her, Lord Father, that what is going on is not of you, Lord. Please, Lord Father, work and move there. Sure. Put a hedge of protection around her and Eden and Lily and Iris and Jason. Watch over them, Lord. Be with Eden and Iris and Jason and Lily. Work in their hearts and help them, Lord Father, that they would turn to you, Lord, and trust you, Lord, with all their heart, Lord. Help them to get away from the distraction of the TV and uh, all the video games and all this junk, Lord, that's there. Please, God, please work in their heart and life. God, I don't know what could be done, but I don't know if they even put that paperwork in, Lord, with the lawyers about me being able to see the kids and the judge have, telling her I have to see them, Lord. Please, God, open up that door and work, move fast, Lord. I, I want to see him Thanksgiving's next week, then Christmas. Yes. I don't even know what's going on, Lord. I want to see my children. Please work mightily there, Lord. I even work with Jenna to repent, Lord. And we can, maybe she'll call, Lord, today and we'll get reconciled, God. Please work all these things out, God. 
please be with court on Monday. I just ask to pray that uh, all of the charges would be dropped and that we can go forward, Lord, there and just help me there. Help me with uh, the different things and my needs, Lord, that I need. Thank you for Brother Dan. You're wonderful, you Lord. Thank you, Lord. Out today. Bless it tomorrow as well and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you, too, and I pray for a, a profitable day for you today, Lord, in all areas. All right, brother. I love you. You're welcome. Love you, brother. <clears throat>